Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 3. Moving Plants Gingerly, the party went out a couple of hundred yards, with Healy walking confidently so the men wouldn't guess how he felt. After all, he was only twenty-six and he wore commander's stripes, even if they were unofficial. A seaman with a sledge drove an iron stake into the hard dirt. They raised the flag and presented arms, then they marched immediately back to the Phoebus. As before, the plants opened a path for them. Healy drew a deep breath of relief, but he felt uneasy, and stayed on the ground until the other men were inside. He was ten feet from the Jacob's ladder and just ready to follow the men inside, when he heard a soft shuffling and looked around to see the plants crowding in on him. It was eerie. The long leaves waved and danced, and a noise came from all of them that sounded like the wind sighing through the pine trees. Commander Healy was terrified. He took a step backward, and one giant of a plant, nine feet tall, slithered over the alkali and came to a stop in front of him, between him and the ladder. Its leaves were gesticulating, and that odd rustling noise came from it in a broken stream, with breaks and pauses and variations that made it seem almost like a person talking. Healy had a sudden nightmare vision of being captured by creatures that were not even of the earth. He ducked under a waving leaf and ran for the ladder. He shot up it and snatched it up after him and slammed the hatch. Five minutes later, still trembling, he reported to the staff. He was quite aware that for a moment he had lost his head. He had run, and he wondered what the old man thought. Now that he faced the captain, he thought it would have been better to be a captive of Mars than to have the old man think he was a coward. But Pickens merely looked at him casually. "'Quite a sensation, isn't it, Commander, being on a strange planet?' he observed. Healy breathed easier and began to get control of himself. Now that the old man had forgiven him, he was able to compose himself. The old man was the first to cross-examine him, then the ship's biologist took over. The biologist asked questions about the plants. "'I am trying to decide whether they should be classified as human,' he explained to the old man. "'They're unquestionably mobile and probably sentient.' Somehow the word human struck Healy wrong. He was a commander in the rocket service, and could he let it be said that he had run from anything human? He spoke up fast. They couldn't be human, he said. They haven't got eyes. 
The old man stared at Healy. Probably the biologist had his own definition of human, but he didn't get a chance to say anything. This was a brand new experience for Earth people, and since there was no precedent, the old man made his own precedent right on the spot. "'I think the commander is right,' he said slowly. "'I don't think a creature would be human unless it had eyes.' And there it stuck. They didn't have eyes, so they weren't human. During the next two weeks the Phoebus sent out exploring parties. The geologists located some promising deposits of plutonium, but there was no sign of life anywhere except the sentry plants, who were at once labeled Martians. Captain Pickens himself finally left the Phoebus to feel the earth of another planet. He tried to pick up a handful, but it was caked and hard. The entire crew was under strict orders from the World Council to cause no harm to any living creature, and especially not to bring back any specimens of living creatures or plants. Any man who would have tried to touch one of the Martians would have been court-martialed. A young ensign, Marvin Brown, complained to Healy that they were in port and the old man wouldn't even let him get a telephone number. "'Never mind,' said Healy. "'It's a big universe.' The Martians always crowded up and tried to get into the ship when the lock was opened. The tallest one, the one that had frightened Healy the first morning, was especially persistent, and that annoyed Healy. The tall sentry plant shuffled about the ship all day long. The Earthmen couldn't find out where it went at night, but they disappeared, making that odd rustling noise, until finally Ensign Brown called him Mr. Zitzitz, and from then on his name was Zitzitz. To keep from frying the Martians in the rocket blast, the Phoebus left one night at midnight while the Martians were out in the desert. "'Mr. Zitzitz will be lonesome when he comes back in the morning and finds us gone,' the old man said thoughtfully over a sky-chart. The comment struck Healy as wrong. He wondered if he were getting touchy. "'He can't be lonesome, sir. He hasn't got eyes.' "'What has that got to do with it?' That annoyed Healy still more. The old man had upheld his definition the first day. "'If he hasn't got eyes, he can't be human, and if he isn't human, he can't be lonesome,' Healy said defiantly. The old man looked at him and said, "Hm." It took them eleven days to make the trip back, but they were busy every minute. They had made exhaustive notes and had taken thousands of pictures with X-ray, infrared, gamma-blue, beta-yellow, and with every known filter and device, and several hundred reels of microfilm. They had air samples, tons of geological specimens, core drillings, temperature records, humidity readings, radiation records, and cosmic ray counts. The biologist had accumulated an astonishing mass of data for a man who had not been allowed to touch the subject and he and the botanist section were busy together. The W.C. radioed that they had prepared a base for the Phoebus at Havana, because Table Rock was too far out in the wilderness. They estimated that millions of people would be wherever the Phoebus might land, and to avoid a major disaster, they had to keep the crowds in a populated center where they could be handled. When the Phoebus reached Earth, the reception was tremendous. The ship landed at the new spaceport that had been made over from an old transatlantic airfield near the world capital, 
and the video said that fifteen million persons were in the streets when the men of the Phoebus marched to the assembly hall. But of the fifteen million, not one was an officer of the International Air Marines. It was something of a blow to Healy to realize that the Air Marines were still ignoring them. Captain Pickens noticed it, too, and the old gleam came in his eye that meant, "'We aren't licked yet. We'll go to Andromeda and back if we have to.' He formally presented his report, which included all the written material and physical evidence from Mars, twelve thousand pounds of reports and photographs alone. Thirty-two scientists and their staffs had done a lot of speculating. Then the Council President informed them that every man on the Phoebus had been raised two grades, unofficially, of course, he hastened to add, but they had also, in view of facing unknown dangers, etc., etc., been granted a lifetime allowance of full pay at the rate of their new respective ranks, without regard to any subsequent circumstances. "'They've been mighty swell,' Admiral Pickens said when he and Captain Healy went to their suite in the International Hotel. "'Yes, sir.' Healy was glum. Pickens glanced at him. "'But the truth is, Captain, there isn't a man of the entire crew that wouldn't give it all back for a welcome home from the one place on earth where they didn't get it.' "'It's hard for me to understand,' Healy said, and a little bitterness crept into his voice before he could stop it. "'Why can't they loosen up?' Pickens nodded. There was a hard glitter in his eyes. "'It's getting a little hard even for me to swallow,' the old man said. "'I guess there's nobody funnier than people, unless it zitzitzes.' Healy felt a retort on the tip of his tongue, but he suppressed it. "'Sometimes,' he said, "'for two cents I'd throw it all over and organize my own air service.' "'You'd better raise your price,' the old man said wisely because in spite of its stuffiness and its rigid discipline and its unbending traditions, I suppose one might in honesty say, possibly because of those things, the International Air Marines is still the most glorious and the most exclusive military organization ever on earth. You should know. You would have been the sixth Admiral Healy. The old man studied him for a moment. You're still hoping, he said. So do we all but it's getting slimmer every time we cross an orbit. I'm beginning to understand now what I should have seen long ago. The Air Marines won't risk giving approval for a flash in the pan. Maybe if we stick at it all our lives. He didn't finish. The next night, Captain Healy was having a relaxing drink in the patio, minus his braid, because the pariahs of the Marines did not wear their stripes in public. A very large man came by and dropped into the seat across the table. "'Well,' he said between hicks, "'wonder what the Air Marines think now that the poor cadets have swiped their glory. Pariahs of the spaceways. <laughs> That's a good one. Pariahs of the spaceways make Air Marines look shick.' Captain Healy rose to his feet and stood solidly in his blue-green uniform, minus stripes, minus decorations, minus everything but the solid gold buttons of the Air Marines. "'Sir, you are drunk,' he said. "'You don't know what you're saying.' The big man got to his feet, and he was a head taller than Healy and twice as broad. Astonishingly enough, he didn't wobble when he stood. 
Look, mister. He put a massive forefinger on Healy's chest, and if Healy hadn't been braced, he would have been pushed over. You've been handed a dirty deal by the Air Marines, and I, for one, am glad you showed him up. The dirty... He did not finish. Healy stepped back, calculated the range and the resistance, and let the big man have one on the button. It was a very solid punch, so solid, in fact, that the big man relaxed at full length on the floor. He insulted the Marines, Healy said ruefully when Pickens bailed him out that evening. Can't they understand we're not sore at the Marines? We're trying to get back in the Marines. Pickens sighed. People probably lack understanding more than anybody, he said. End of chapter 3 Experience the best in relaxation and entertainment with Saul Good Streaming at SaulGood.org. Our extensive library features hundreds of audiobooks, thousands of short stories, original podcasts, and popular sounds for sleep, meditation, and relaxation all ad-free. Whether you want to escape into a good book or fall asleep to your favorite ambient sound, we have something for everyone. Go to solgood.org to start streaming and discover your new go-to for entertainment and relaxation. That's S-O-L-G-O-O-D dot O-R-G. Experience the best in relaxation and entertainment with Saul Good Streaming at solgood.org. Our extensive library features hundreds of audiobooks, thousands of short stories, original podcasts, and popular sounds for sleep, meditation, and relaxation all ad-free. Whether you want to escape into a good book or fall asleep to your favorite ambient sound, we have something for everyone. Go to solgood.org to start streaming and discover your new go-to for entertainment and relaxation. That's S-O-L-G-O-O-D dot O-R-G.